What's going on, everybody? This is Jerome Moore, host and creator of Deep Dish Conversations. And firstly, I want to say thank you for all of support and thank you for exploring the perspectives of social change with me on this platform. I want to encourage you all to like, subscribe, and follow us on YouTube and on your favorite podcast listening platform. And make sure you give us a five-star rating if you're loving the Deep Dish Conversations. I appreciate all of the support again. I hope you all enjoy this episode. This is Deep Dish Conversations, a series in which I, Jerome Moore, sits down with prominent figures in Nashville, Tennessee to talk about social issues over amazing deep dish pizza. Deep Dish Conversations models how to have conversations about deep issues around racism, housing, policing, poverty, and more. Plus, you will get an idea for where to get your next slice of pizza from. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy Deep Dish Conversations. What's going on, everybody? This is Jerome Moore, your host of Deep Dish Conversations. And we got a, this, this is the, the last film episode of season two. This is the last one. You know, you got to save, they say save the best for last, but I'm saying the biggest for last because we got, we got Calvin Big Fridge, Brian in the building today. Now look, if you a Nashville native, you know, and I would say, like I was born in 90. And so Calvin is about four, four years older than me. But if you was born in that 90, maybe 91, 92, and you play sports, or you just if you just in the inner city, you had to hear about Big Fridge. You had to, you had to, you know, in, in a multitude of ways, right? And so it's an honor, man, to have you on the on the show. I want to give you your flowers, man, knowing your 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 journey, your path to where you are now, and what you're doing for the Nashville inner city for inner city youth, man. And we we try to give people, especially black men, they flowers. You know when we can, man. So I want to give you yours right now, a whole goddamn bouquet of them. Uh, Appreciate that, man. And uh, hey, man, what's what's going on? I'm a, and I'm gonna refer to him as Big Fridge or Fridge. So, but it's Calvin Fridge Bryant to get the whole government thing in now. Right, if right. you need to Google them, look them up. Right. But like, what's going on, Fridge, man? Man, first of all, man, appreciate you having me, man. Um, doing these crazy times, just taking a day at a time, man. Happy to be a free man, having a family, just. Pushing my line, man. Congratulations. I know you got a little one yeah. on the way. Most definitely. Little Fridge. Little Fridge. <laughs> right. We need, we need more. We need more. Most definitely. Most man. Definitely. So I'm, let's get it straight into it, man. Okay. I, I know where you grew up, but they might not know where you grew up. So exp- right. like, what, so where you from? What part What part of Nashville are you from? I'm from uh, the south side part of Nashville. Okay. Ed Chill to be exact. 12th Avenue South. Was there from the day I was born to... So I was 22 years old before I went to prison. Man, so how's it growing up in, you know, Edge Hill housing projects, man? Oh, we felt like the whole world revolved around Edge Hill. So, you know, growing up, man, you know, we, we, we had it a little rough, but we was all right. You feel what I'm saying? Right. I love made sure we were straight. I grew up in a two-parent household. You know, I ain't have no excuses for some of the things I've done. I was blessed and with two great parents. Two sisters, family surrounding me. So, right. you know, I grew up pretty straight. Man, how, uh, so, I know growing up in Nashville, before, like, before I can remember gangs, it was right. always sides, right? It was, it was always north side, yeah. south side, east side, west side. You had your East B balling, South right. B balling. So, <laughs> see, y'all might not know about that. You got to be real yeah. Nashville right. to know about right. that, man. Most definitely. You know, so, man, I was, man, like, reminiscing on those times, man. What was, like, some of your best moments? Like as just like a youth, adolescent, teenager growing right. up in that, because it's different now. Like right. it's Nashville look completely different than when me and you grew up here. So man, what were some of your best times, man? I see my best times, some of the funnest times, man, is my teenage years. You know, uh, going to Hillsborough High School, like mm-hmm. you said, um, 
being a part of those rap battles that took place between East and South. We were like rivals with East Nashville. They didn't really care for us. We didn't really care for them. You right. know, we had uh, who won the battles though? Who South Nashville every time? <laughs> South every time. So you know, we had a rap group uh, called Bezel Gang. You know, what mm-hmm. I mean, they still around today. Look right. back. Mm-hmm. P.S. Cali. So you know, then we did our football thing during the time. So we right. were one of the top teams in the, in the state. So. You know, there was some good times right, right there. We two, were real successful. Two state championships we were doing We went to three state championships, won one. Okay, okay. But we weren't losing to nobody in the city. So, you know, <laughs> y'all, you know how they, y'all know how that go. Man, so how did you get the name Fridge, man? Oh, Fridge, man. A lot of people don't know, man. Uh, in 1985, the Chicago Bears had a big football player named the Fridge. Right. So my dad met him through a mutual friend. I wasn't born until 86. So okay. after they Super Bowl run with the Chicago Bears, when I was born, my dad paid homage to the fridge and made, named me Fridge from day one. Wow. Right. Wow. And right. you played, uh, but Fridge played running back with the bad. Yeah, he, he, he was, he was a big dude. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, was a, he was a defensive he lineman, but they used to put him at running back. So, you know, I kind of right. fit the description for that. You feel me? Right. Yeah. Man, I had seen uh, an Instagram post, man. He was kind of breaking down, like, look. I had letters from here, offers from here, offers right. from all these big SEC schools or whatnot, man. How was right. that? How was that feeling, man? Just getting those those offers letters to all these top, like these top D one. Right. It was man, it was something new to me and also the neighborhood. So right. you know, when we became a powerhouse football program in Hillsboro, what was surprising is the talent that we had. Right. And, you know, we ain't never had that before. So we started getting offers from. Tennessee, Michigan, Auburn, Oregon, all the all the all the, the SEC schools. Yeah, right. I mean, was interested in us and uh, the Oregon's, the Colorados, and for an inner city kid, that was big. Right. But I think one of the things that kind of hurt me was it was no one in front of me to kind of let me know how to take that process. You right. know what I'm saying? And we ended up not having just great a- ACT scores. We waited too late to take them. And we didn't take our recruiting trips the way we was supposed to. So that's why it was big for me to mention to the kids, like, you could be the highly, most highly recruited player ever. If you ain't got your grades together and your mind right mm-hmm. to step up to that business part of it, right. you'll just be another person that could have went somewhere. So, you know. And I think all of us, especially going up in the city, when we the first or, or right. one of few to, to, to be exposed to something new. Right. We have nobody to help us navigate those situations, so we exactly. kind of trying to figure it out as mm-hmm. we going. And you know, we're seventeen years old, yeah, yeah. like we don't know. We 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 looking for an adult to, to like what? Right. Like how do I need to do this? And so I think it's real. I think it's real important to mention, but also it's important for people like yourself right. to do what you're doing now, going back right. and making sure kids do know how to navigate those systems. Right. Because now you see it now, like. You got social media right. and all this. It's a little more resources, but it wasn't like that when nah. you was coming up. No, nah, when I was coming up, you know, I was all over the news and the newspaper, but it was basically the city and the state. Now mm-hmm. these kids got a platform that you could be from Nashville, Tennessee, and somebody in California can see you, Texas, right. all over. Just I mean, just say, for example, they got more camps. They got right. more exposure. Right. You could do something on social media and go viral and almost get a scholarship for whatever you're doing. So, right. You know, that's the big thing now is just them taking advantage of it and not getting caught up in the hype too much. Right. right. So you went down up going to TSU, Tennessee right. State University. Shout out, you know what I'm saying, TSU. Big homecoming. Blue. Hopefully, big blue. Hopefully, hopefully, we get, we, we hopefully we get one. Hopefully we get one this right. year. Possibly, man. 
Uh, how's that experience, man? Doing your doing your tenure, you know. Well, it it was a, a bunch of ups and downs, quick. So you right. know, people that know me know me best. They know that I wasn't supposed to go to Tennessee State University. I right. broke my ankle in the uh, game before the state championship, so I lost a lot of big colleges that was recruiting me. But the love that Tennessee State showed me, they had Coach Reese there at the time. They had uh, Miss Teresa Phillips was the athletic director, and like one night, man, I'm laying up at home in the ATL projects, man, and we heard a knock on the door. My leg was broke. And uh, walked walked in was the whole Tennessee State coaching staff. Wow. And it's like probably seven, eight o'clock in the afternoon. And you know, it just really touched me in a way to let them know like, I'm a kid sitting here with a broke ankle, ain't too much I can do for nobody at university right now. And they gave me a full scholarship off of that night. I signed that night. Wow. Let them know that yeah, I was committed to that. So when I got up to Tennessee State University, uh, the year after I got there, I had to get my grades right through Prop 48. That was a kind of like academics thing. Right. And uh, Coach Reese was fired, bro. So they brought in another coach by the name of James Webster. He wasn't feeling me the way Coach Reese was. You right. know, he felt like I should earn this and that, which I wasn't messed up with. But we ended up having a down season, which was like two wins, nine losses. Right. And he took my scholarship. Wow. So a lot of people don't know that. So when he took my scholarship, we kind of had words because I'm looking at it like, man, I'm an inner city kid on a full scholarship. Right. It's not my fault what happened to us, but you took my scholarship and I got to pay to go to school. Right. I'm not going to pay to play at Tennessee State University. Right. With the kind of talent that I had. So, you know, one thing led to another, and I felt that day, I mean, I lost a lot of love for the game. So I stepped away for a minute. And that little small step away where I try to tell kids could be a major factor in your life. Right. And it ended up leading up to something bad. Man, let's let's get into that that lead up, man. Right. Uh, a lot of people may be familiar with your story, right? Um, especially you know um, around school zones, drugs and right. school zones. Um, and I'm gonna preface this a little bit and and let you dive in deeper. Right. Um, you know, you're 22 years old. Yeah. And really, if 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 the system was to have it their way. You would technically still be yeah, in prison in twenty twenty three. Yeah, you know, you got seventeen year sentence for yeah. something that should have been a three year sentence right. for a first time offender. Yeah, and you was the first. I, I, when I seen it, yeah. you was the first that they applied that to in right. Davidson County, and it been around since nineteen ninety five. Right, right. And so when I seen, I said, "Wow, that's yeah. crazy!" Just knowing, like, like why the first time offender. Right. But also the backstory to that on, like the drugs that was sold and how you led up and was kind of pressured. Right. You know what I'm saying by a so-called friend. Friend, yeah. And so talk to man, talk talk us through that, man. Okay. Uh, a little bit because because that that pressure, that right. peer pressure, it come from the ones that that's close by to you. They want to see you do good, but yeah. you know, and you know. Some people just inform is working right. for the police and don't right. know. Some people are rats. You know what I'm saying? We yeah. can talk about that a little yeah. bit because right. I know you just had a tan. You just went off. And I know you got, it was a lot of growth in that message. Right. I think people need to hear. And so I want to get in that too. But let's, let's lead just, up to that. Just lead them to it, man. You know, some people probably sit back like, how did this kid get this much time if just for nothing, basically? You know what I mean? Drugs and stuff. My decisions as a child. And my leadership in the community costed me later. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that, uh, I joined the uh, GDs, the folks, mm -hmm. which was against the disciples, growth and development, whatever they want to call it. And it wasn't them that, that was the problem. You know what I mean? It was just a growing gang problem in my neighborhood. So me being the leader that I was, 
I seen what coward ass dudes was getting in a position where they was making calls and doing things that they wasn't capable of doing. Right. So me not being the type that always depended on gangs or needed anybody else, I felt like it was the best decision for me and my family to get involved and change it from the inside out. Well, I'm just a 15-year-old kid at the time. Right. Well, by the time I'm 16, I got the attention of the whole city, not for negativity things, but for things that I was a football star already. So negative news travel faster than positive news. So when everybody found out I was a part of this organization, that was like a big story. Right. Like, damn, man, dude, GD, man, we wasn't doing nothing wrong. Right. But with every reaction, with every action, there's a reaction. Right. So after I got done playing football and I'm at TSU and things like that, the police department get a hold to like, man, this guy's a high-ranking gang member, what they call. Right. And they come from dudes just getting in trouble saying, freeze this, freeze that, right. just because I was the popular you're name. Popular, you're the popular so name. So to kind of fast forward everybody forward, when I was in the projects and this guy wore a wire on me three times, and when we say pressure and peer pressure, peer pressure don't have to be like someone trying to, beat you up if you don't do it. It could just be constantly bringing it up. Right. Or just being like, hey, man, basically what he told me, man, look, man, I got a white boy that wants some pills. Right. So I ain't think nothing of it. I said, man, I got a homeboy to be having pills. But I ain't think nothing of it. I didn't follow up on it. So he kept coming back to me, man, what's right. up? So I gave him 20 pills the first time, 100 pills the second time, mm -hmm. 200 pills the third time. So for people listening, they probably think, like, how did he give it to him back to back? Right. Well, on sealed indictments, when they building a the case on you, I might give a deal to you today. Right. I might do one tomorrow. I might do one next month. But it's always going to be on one case. Right. So they're really making your case look worse. Right. So the whole time, they was wired up on me in the middle of the project. He had called a driving charge. They said they were trying to clean up the edge hill area for whatever reason. Right. And asked, did he know me? Right. So he was like, yeah, I know Fridge. So the investigation started. So when he wore a wire on me, I ended up getting arrested on May 16, 2008, sealed indictments three transactions with this law called the drug-free school zone. My bond was like 350000 So everybody like, what the fuck is a drug-free school zone? Nobody knew. I didn't know. Right. So I'm thinking I'll be back home like the rest of these dudes. But what I didn't know, in 1995, they passed a law for people that was really standing on school grounds serving yeah. drugs to kids. Yeah, mostly like crack and stuff. Right. So mm -hmm. the, the district attorney's office at that time was manipulating the law. Like, either you're going to work. They would, all they wanted to know was something about GD. Right. I couldn't tell them nothing about GD. I don't know what y'all talking about. So right. since I wanted to be a tough guy, so-called, they hit me with the drug-free schools. So we're going to sentence you like you're a gang leader, whether we can prove it or not. Right. So it's any sale or delivery that takes place within a 1,000 feet of any daycare, school, library, community center. Church, so that lets you know, too. church, yep. that lets you know that anywhere in the inner city in the projects, you're going to be in the school zone. No, right. But they never applied it to people until it came to me. Right. Most of the time. Right. So, uh, now, you was the first in Davis County. Yeah, they never used <laughs> the first. It was a couple dudes yeah. before me, but I was the first high profile. Sure. Okay. That okay. Uh, wasn't under the table saying, mm. I went to trial, made it like oh, a big deal. So, okay. when I went to trial the first time, the dude got on the stand. A dude from my neighborhood got on the stand against me. Like, that's why I tell people, like, these dudes, you never know what kind of pressure you can take until you under that right, right light. You feel what I'm saying? So, he had a hung jury. So really, the jury seen him like he ain't no better than Fridge. Like incredible. So this is how slick the, uh, the the prosecutors was. The next trial, they took him off, act like they couldn't find him, put a put a detective on the stand and read his testimony like he was him, which is illegal. So you now nah, we got we got the right to cross examine our, our, our witness or whoever it is. So they found me guilty, man. Sentenced me to seventeen years at a hundred. So at this time, I go to 
Charles Bass Correctional Facility, the first 100%. time. 100%. College student, no good time. The only two charges that you can get 100% on has something to do with kids. Now, look how this level up. Compare this. A child molester to a guy selling drugs in a drug-free school zone. Keep in mind, my drugs were sold at 10 o'clock and 6 o'clock at night. No kids was around. The schools was closed. Right. But the law was so messed up that they could still charge you whether the school was open or not. Right. So that's where the railroad came in at. So now that's why I fast forward a little bit uh, forward. I had to get out and get this law changed because it wasn't fair. Right. So they eventually changed the law. But I went to Charles Bass Correctional Facility, and they shipped me to Northwest Correctional Facility. Northwest was a Thunderdome then, the worst penitentiary in the state of Tennessee. That's why I tell people, like, they threw me to the wolves, but I came out leading the pack. Right. So what I meant by that is, man, when God for you, you're going you gonna to be all right regardless of where you go. You see what I'm saying? Man, what was some biggest – well, one before I say that, now, just so people know, right. educationally, they changed their law. I think it's 500 feet now. And the, judge, and the judge got the right to charge the schools on. And most likely, if it ain't open, they're not going to charge right. you with it. Okay. So that was a big yeah. change in – and people don't know. People you just don't know about these things. They you still, see, in my neighborhood, they still doing the same thing. I can tell them all day. They see my story, and they right. still doing the same thing by the school. So during your time in, in, in prison, right? Because you know we we in this we in this this era, we talking about rats, snitches. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's all in our music. It's all on social media. Yeah, right. You know, it's it's all around us. Right, and you know you might not even know it. Somebody might be wild. You you just don't even know yeah. it. But it's you know, a lot of people are misinformed about like how 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 cool or how for that they really is. It really right. is for them. Man, what was some of the I guess hard lessons, man? You you had to learn about like street life, loyalty, like who like what really matters, man. During your time in prison, man. What really hit me, man, my dad was like the dad of the neighborhood. But he was he was a dude that he, he grew up in the streets. He went to, he played football at Tennessee State, tried out for the Dallas Cowboys, a real family man. He was real all the way around. And my dad never t- told me nothing wrong. And one day, man, we were sitting in visitation. I thought I went to jail for the first time. And he was telling me how, man, he proud of me, man, how they railroaded me and, you know, just keep manning up to your situation, right? So he asked me something that really hit me, man, and I just stuck with me. He said, man, uh, you GD, right? Like, yeah, you know what I mean? And he never asked me nothing about that. But he wasn't picking on GD. He was just telling me about people in general. He said, your bond, I got it lowered, so it was like 200000 at the time. He said, so 20000 to get you out of jail, right? This is how he's talking to me, just like you. Right. Uh, I said, yeah. He said, look at all them GDs was around you. Look at all them dudes in the neighborhood you saved every day. Look at all these dudes around the city say they love you. $20,000 ain't a lot of money. Right. So it made me think, like, damn, man. We sacrifice so much and put our life on the line for brothers every day just doing the right thing or whether you're doing the wrong thing. And at the end of the day, man, it happens to all of us, man. You only got a handful of people that stick by you. Right. I had real homeboys to stick by me, man. You feel what I'm saying? Right. But it was a handful, and most of them weren't affiliated with nothing I had going on. Right. But the ones that really needed me, that still called me from the penitentiary, that's cowards. Right. They wasn't there, you know what I mean? They, right. they wasn't there for me, you know what I mean? Or none of that, but I just had to boss up in my situation and know, look, man, I got to do this time and come home. It's right. one thing for females to leave, man. They got the right to live their life. But when people 
that just you really put your life on the line for right. that these dudes, little young dudes out here shooting and robbing with. They're not gonna be the dudes that go visit your mama, or right. they ain't gonna be the dudes that take care of your daughter. Right. They gonna wear your shirt for a little while, shot you out on Instagram, shot you out on Facebook. You'll do it thirty years by yourself. Right. After a couple years, that died down. And I learned that it's politics in prison too. So what I mean by prison politics, it go like it's all about who you know. Mm. Some of these dudes still rats. But they got money, they got the bag, and they taking care of the right individual. Right. So, man, so I, I, I grew up around that same stuff, man. But right. I stayed in my own lane. I knew, hey, y'all do, y'all do y'all thing. You know, I'll be over, I'll be, I'll be over here doing, right. doing this thing. Y'all do y'all thing. We cool, whatever. But like, I, you know, what I'm saying, I ain't that ain't that yeah. ain't for me. You know, right. what I'm saying, don't don't test me. Don't don't. But that ain't yeah. y'all go that way, right. man. And you see all this stuff. You know, it's going on now, especially around just people telling. Right. And you mentioned something on Instagram or, or a correlation. You said you said something, I'm paraphrasing, but I want you to speak on a little more about how everybody mad at rats, everybody mad at people telling, but they still walk around the neighborhood. But what about the cowards? What right. about the people who say you down for you, don't go see your mama, right. don't, don't buy your kids school clothes, don't do any of this stuff. Don't do no real stand-up stuff. Even if you didn't snitch on them, but that's supposed to be your partner. Right, you're supposed okay. to look out for them. And you was like, man, I'm trying to get a law change for one of my partners. Right. You know, and stuff like that. Speak on that a little and, bit more, just man. elaborate more on that and kind of break down the understanding for the people. Like, this rat thing, and I say it sometimes, but it's, it's, it's to the point that it's really getting out of control. Right. And it ain't due to people ratting this group because you can't – get civilians to live by street codes. So a lot of people didn't get ratted on. Your dumb ass just did something stupid and somebody seen you do it. Right. And you expect for them to go kill the witness because they seen you look at it when you blew a dude's head off in broad daylight. Right. So, you know, it's it's different between being a in a street life and a civilian life. So right. what I meant by that was like, okay, you do got dudes out here to tell. Right. But let's be real, as real men. Right. It's people out here that's told and, and, and co uh, cooperated with the government or state or whatever, they got better morals and principles as a man than some people that ain't never told before. What I mean by that is, okay, he might have told on a drug case, but he take care of his kids. Mm. He go by and check on his moms. Mm. He make sure everybody in his family straight. He, he good to those around him. Which, okay, flip side, you ain't told on nobody, but you a piece of shit. Right. You don't take care of your kids. Right. You fucking your homeboy baby mama who in jail. Right. But you got the nerve to get on Instagram and make a post about this dude. Right. You feel what I'm saying? So right. you got your own some, flaws. Some, so I was like, contradiction. snakes is just as worse as rats. Mm. So when I say that is, okay, everybody want to say, okay, this dude told on Lil right. Joe. Right. Okay, he told on Lil Joe. First of all, y'all letting him walk around. Right. And nobody don't do nothing about yeah, it. Yeah, ain't nobody doing nothing about it. Second of all, man, you having sex with Lil Joe mama. Right. Lil Joe got an 18-month-old son. You ain't bought him a pair of diapers. Right. Lil Joe mama let you come in the house and spend the night every day right. when you was little. And right. you ain't been by a check on her since Lil Joe been gone. Right. So you just as foul as the nigga that told on him. Right. So people be trying to use that rat phase to throw the attention off themselves. Right. Because I'm somebody that just... This 10 and a half years about a dude wearing a wire on me. Man, right. I ain't got time to focus on talking about rats all day. Right. And I went through it. Right. So and, you, I, and you mentioned that too. Like, people ain't never been through it. How yeah. you gonna speak on it? And then it's like, look, let's be real. These dudes cooperate with the government or the state. state. What y'all gonna do, kill them? Right. 
And then y'all gonna be the first people they come get. That's why it was big for me not to let none of my partners do nothing to this guy that's told on me. Right. I kill him in another way. He all through my book. You feel what I'm saying? Right. The paperwork and everything. Right. So I ain't worried about putting my hands on him or killing him because that's right. what they want you to do. You tricking right. yourself out of your own position. Right. I feel like I was bullshitting by even dealing with the nigga. Right. I ain't had no business, no dude talking about he got a white boy. That's little bullshit. Right. So right. this dude ain't even been known for selling drugs. I mean, he was a street dude. He, he do this or do that. But he ain't never had no white boy the whole right. time I known him. So right. I feel like I should have been more on point and I take accountability for my actions, bro. That's what real dudes do. What's going on, everybody? This is your host and creative Deep Dish Conversation, Jerome Moore. And I know you're enjoying this episode that you're watching currently. Make sure you hit that notification button and hit subscribe so you won't miss any of these amazing episodes. I appreciate y'all. Thank you for all of support. And continue watching the episode. I'll hop. Man, how was that pizza, man? It was good, man. It was good. I got to get on there. Yeah, you got to take the rest of it home, man. Most take it definitely. to the fam. Most man. So let's dive back into a fridge, man. You you finna put up on some, you finna drop some gems on us, man. And I'm finna drop some, man, because a lot of people that's not involved in criminal activity or been involved in a case don't know this. In the state of Tennessee, they don't have to reveal your witness to you until 10 days before trial. Okay. So a lot of time when people are going around talking about who snitched on them, they don't have the paperwork to show it or they would. Right. But a lot of them are cowards and they go ahead and cop out before they really find out. So the state intention the whole thing is if we're going to reveal who snitched on you, you're going to have to do some time. So ain't no copping out once you find out who it is because it could be your best friend. Right. So how they did me was 10 days before trial, they dropped dude's name on me. But they let me know since we're giving you this information, ain't no copping out no more. Right. We're going to trial. Right. Dudes ain't willing to do that. Mm -hmm. That's why it's so much gossip who the police because they really don't know right or they'll show the paperwork right. why argue when you can say hey right. this is a seal from the state of tennessee because you get all that information did you know when you're a confidential informant and i'm gonna show this story on instagram i'm gonna back up what we're saying and i'm gonna tag your story what i talked about when you're a confidential informant they get your social security number your address your places you work at that person that you're telling on gets all your information bro wow and I'm going to show it to you. You got a sign. You got code names and all that. And just to make this podcast even more, we're going to do that. Probably I'll do it today or tomorrow. I'm going to post it and tag you and talk about it like this is why you don't want to be a confidential informer also. Right. The police don't tell you that you got to do this. Right. I'm going to show you all dude information. Wow. That idea. See, it's educational because right. our kids don't know this. People right. don't know this. They just right. thinking. Okay, I got the situation. I'm gonna go ahead and tell on dude. But dude, I have your social security number. Right. He got this. He got that. Because they gotta reveal everything about you. Every right. charge you ever caught. My, I'm gonna tell you, I cut though to get bro. My confidential informant was a habitual driving offender. I found that out through the paperwork. Right. They was letting this fool drive to all my transactions. <laughs> so they broke the law to uphold the law. You right. see what I'm saying? How, how you do that? Right. So right. I'm just letting you know, like, just putting y'all up on game, that's some valuable information. Right. You know he, he ain't do no jail time or anything. He, he escaped all his little... Yeah, he be in and out all the time. <laughs> he be, beat up his girlfriend. He do all that old... His record that thick, bro. I'm going to show it to you. And I'm going to tag you. Man. I'm going to tag the podcast, let people know I was on here and just finish that. I like the show Black and White Don't Lie. Right. People believe you more when you can show them evidence and shit. They be like, right. oh, man, I can trust dude. Word, man. Right, right. Dude 100. Man, so... Doing doing your doing your stint, man, to your ten and a half years. Oh, 
Uh, you know, Rick Ross, right? Huh? <laughs> nah, because you know what I'm saying. <laughs> nah, because you know what I'm saying. Like you know what I'm saying. I had partners. You know what I'm saying. I ain't gonna mention their name on the podcast, but you know what I'm saying. Y'all did time together. Right. You know what I'm saying. Because we from the city, you know. Like you know, it, it, yeah. yeah, yeah, no. You know what I'm saying. We'll talk about it later. But man, I know shit. It ain't no easy time. You know right. what I'm saying. And and. Anything could just set you off, whether right. you know what I'm saying, you don't that green dot don't come through, yeah. or a female to, to tripping, anything because you're already on edge, and right. especially if you're affiliated, which they were too. Right. You know what I'm saying, you don't know what's going on, you know what yeah. I'm saying, you don't you know how many traumas and you know what I'm yeah. saying, what's wars, battles, yeah, like you see, you got ain't no, ain't, ain't no telling what's going on, man, right. and so. Having to deal with all that, which probably a lot of people don't even know everything you had to deal with. Right. I know, like, that's just traumatic to even have to speak about it sometimes. And I ain't going to ask you to speak about it, but I will ask you, through all those situations, man, how did you, how did you keep your, 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 how do you remain free? How do you, how you didn't compromise who you was right. to be able to get out and do what you're doing now, man? Right. Man, basically, man, the upbringing, man. I try to stay close to how my mom and pops taught me. You feel me? Right. And, you know, I had to learn how to deal with people, bro. Like, I've always been a people person, but you got to learn how to deal with the murderers, the robbers, the killers, the, the gay ones, the uh, everything, like the guards fucking with you. You got to learn how to be in your space and not be affected by things around you, man. So you right. really got to block a lot of things out. Right. And my main motivation was to get home to my mom. She was sick, bro. I lost my father during the time I was incarcerated. So I'm like, I got to get home, though. Right. So I knew some of the things and the choices I made can stop me from getting home now. Right. But I ain't gonna lie, bro. It was wars that popped off I fought in. You right. feel what I'm saying? One-on-ones I fought in. Right. And it wasn't never because of me, bro. It was always because of somebody else. Right. And it really broke me down to the point that I was fed up, bro. Like, right. I'm tired of having to ride with dudes that I don't even know, bro. This dude might be from Knoxville, Memphis, uh, Chattanooga, and he could be in the wrong, but just because of what I signed up for, right. I got to ride. So I got to the point, bro, when I had position in compounds and things like that, I live by example, bro. I let my guys know, look, we ain't doing no bullshit. We doing bullshit, we busting your ass up. Right. So, you know, when everybody can't be in a position of authority and a leader like that. Right. But I was blessed enough with those attributes to be like, look, man, this is how it's going to go. But you got to right. realize there's other gorillas in there like you. Right. And the other gorilla might not be on no positive stuff. So you got to right. play a chess match like, right. man, prayer. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it been time before we get into it with somebody. I'm in the cell before the dog pop. Like, God, let me make it through this. Right. Because I ain't Rambo. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. I ain't no machine. I know any day, person catch me right, that could be my last day. I've seen people get killed in there, bro. Right. You see what I'm saying? Over right. bullshit. You feel what I'm saying? So, you know, I just pray, bro, and staying grounded and being thankful. And I feel like God just led me up out of there. But it's bullshit every day, bro. You couldn't sit. Bro, the only peaceful time in prison, bro, is when you sleep. And some people can't sleep when the door's locked. Because you know why? Me and you could be sitting there having a conversation, got a phone, talking to gas, but if we hear some noise on the rock, guess what we got to do? Get up and see who that is. Right. Because that could be your brother or your folks, your, right. your homie out there fighting, and if you don't help, they smashing you. Right. So I can't go home on the street and hide from this. It's an right. everyday thing. It's right. 128 niggas in the park. Right. And there ain't right. no guns. No guns. Just butcher knives. Yeah, so uh, y'all want to sign up for that? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. They, they got room for you. Yeah, yeah, they got plenty. Uh, open, open bed. <laughs> I don't want it no yeah, more. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, I don't. Want, I don't want it. Period. I don't. I don't want to ever got to. Nah, forget <laughs> nah. that. Nah, forget that. Y'all can act like that. Y'all like y'all want that. Like ah, nah, that ain't living to me. It's too much out here. 
that else to be living for. Right. Man, man, your release was a big thing. Right. Especially for the city, man, because of that law. Right. Which was, you know, pretty much unconstitutional. Yeah. And it was set up. It was entrapment. Yeah. You know what I'm Most saying? Definitely. It was definitely entrapment, especially for black in the city youth yeah, you know to put them put it because if you go anywhere it's going a thousand feet because that's what that's what the, that's yeah. what the housing projects is that's what right. this, a lot of the neighborhoods build is. around we're yeah. build around period and so man how did you feel man <laughs> being able to come home not have to you know it's still tend to have you still just, it ain't like you know right. you didn't lose a decade of your life you know what i'm saying but being able to not have to you know, do that hundred percent, and and know like that you fought and had people to fight right. for you. You know, because you they knew the they knew it was wrong, man. How did that make you feel, man, man? To get that support. First of all, I gotta give a shout out to like man, people that stood by me, man, through that whole process. Because it was a team effort for all my family and friends. You know who you are out there. We ain't got time to name everybody. My lawyers, Joy Kimbrough, Daniel Ham, uh, Daniel Horitz. I'm about to say Daniel Ham. <laughs> But uh, Daniel Horitz, but um, man, I got released on 2018, Halloween. And I'll tell you, that was the craziest day ever, bro. My lawyer came a day before and told me I was getting out tomorrow. I ain't believe him, bro. Mm. I said, ain't no way, bro. I kind of like got to the point I believed that I was going to go home one day, but it's like, y'all really going to show me this one right here. Right. So when I got to that courtroom, bro, all them cameras was there and all that, and I really got released that day. Social media went crazy. Right. I was on everybody's page. I did interviews with 245. Right. Uh, 17, bro. It was like a dream come true. Yeah, man. I was, in, I was living in China at the time, and I heard. I seen you. That's crazy, <laughs> man. And, and, I, and, bro, man, you think I'm lying, bro. This city showed me so much love, bro. I felt like me can feel it. Mm. And the way they stood up for me, bro, I could be out to eat, bro. I didn't pay for nothing for like two, three months. Wow. I'm talking about people just, how you doing? How you doing, sir? And there might be money in my hand. You know, wow. I ain't being, I ain't looking at a number. Right. Like, man, after I get done eating, I might tell the waitress I'm ready to pay and somebody else paid for your. I mean, that happened for two, three months. And even to this day, I still get. Right. Love, man. I'm like, the city of Nashville showed me so much love, bro, to be labeled a gang member, right? a leader of a gang and all that. And right. I pushed that to the side and nobody having no hard feelings and just right. accepting who I am, accepting my organization. That same love I got on the football field, bro, I'm getting it double and helping kids and running my organization, bro. So it was really like a dream come true. I had to go through that, I guess. You feel me? Man, getting out. Did you have any worries that your past life would was would, would would sneak up on you? Because everybody don't want to see you do good no, bridge. Man, no. Even even now probably. No, bro. You know what I'm saying? And I stay on point, bro. You know, it's a lot of individuals, man, that worry about like whether I rep some or I'm a part of some. I'm gonna say how gay dudes is, bro. If you got an individual that the district attorneys are messing with, the lawyers are messing with, he on the news and the newspaper. Why would you want him around illegal activity? Right. A real dude would be like, hey, bro, stay away from me. You got right. too much going on. Right. These dudes, and I ain't saying all of them because I love a lot of them. Right. But a lot of these gay dudes, they, they when I say gay, I'm not talking about they mess like, with boy. I'm just saying right. like they female about tendencies. Right. I mean, they just on some bullshit, and they like, they just want you for your name, bro. Right. That's what females do. Right. So these dudes will love to say, hey, man, friends was with us last night. We did it. Yeah, man. Uh, just, just, just. Come on, clout, Chase. Right. You feel me? And I watch them, bro. 
I stay on point everywhere I go. I just know right. God got me. Right. I don't move in fear. Right. I know people don't like that, bro, right. because it ain't beneficial to them. With right. people, it's beneficial or artificial. Right. So why be one set or one gang or one organization when I can help them all? Right. Man, vice lords got kids out here. Right. Crips got kids out here. Bloods got kids out here. Right. Four corner hustles, whatever clique you want to claim. Right. Why come I can't help their kids? Right. And if I can't help them all, I don't need to help. I don't need to be a part of nothing. Right. So you know, yeah, I mean, my my main game, my main thing is this, man. I read this from a, a wise man said it's easier to raise kids than to be a broken man, rebuild right. broken men. Right. And with the community and what's going on, man, when I got out, the same thing was going on that was going on in 2008. Yeah. So these are broken men. I don't have the energy to do that. Right. But if I could change the way these kids think, that make a better way for treasure. Right. Little Fridge, they're my kids, right. your kids, his right. kids. Right. So if I can show them, man, I got so much respect for guys like y'all because y'all being y'all self. Some of the toughest guys I've been around was guys that wasn't game members. Right. And they, it ain't out there trying to be hard, but if right. you take them to that level, they can take you wherever you want to go. Right. And that's and that's what I always try to promote. I'm saying, be yourself, man. It, but but it's so much influence just depending on the environment because yeah. don't nobody want to be the outsider, right? You know what I'm saying, and, and so to be the insider, like, oh man, let me let me become affiliated, let me do this yeah. so I can be I can be look cool. And a lot of times too, that's why I think when you the absentee father right. plays a part because I had a I had a good dad, I had an OG right. <laughs> as a daddy, me and too. so just like yourself. You know, and that helped us, that grounded us. Yeah. Like, man, I, I ain't got to follow another man. If I'm going to follow him, I'm going to follow my well, daddy. Right. Right? But a lot, a lot of a lot of men don't, don't have, have it. it. Yeah. And so they got to find that, unfortunately, somewhere else. And they live and learn. You know, you know, you're 15, 16, you live and you can grow from that, hopefully. But right. some people don't. Right. You know what I'm saying? Or don't get time to grow because they get buried. They get put in the dirt. Right. You know, and so I'm glad that you said that. And like we kind of mentioned before, it's different coming from me. And it, for some people, then it's different come from you to some people. Right. I ain't did 10 and a half. I ain't yeah. trying to do 10 and a half. Right. But there's people that may be following you, that's following your footsteps, that can see you like, damn, he can. He he telling me about these wars. And you can look into their eyes right. and say, man, look, man, this ain't for you. This ain't for you. They trust me. Right. <laughs> this, this ain't for, I, this, I know, I, I seen cats as 18, a couple years old. You, no. you ain't ready. No. You ain't, and so you can say that, man. I hope, I hope there's people listening and watching now they reach out to you because mm. you, you're, you're a perfect role model, perfect example on like going right, doing right, going wrong, yeah. and then from going wrong, getting back into it and doing right, right. and trying to help that next generation and yeah. other people's kids, man. So hopefully people are watching that and learning and shit. Have, have you come speak to they, they students, they right. kids? Um, and you know what's crazy now that you say that, bro? I'm gonna show you how disconnected people like Metro schools are from from the community. Bro, you know where the schools I done spoke at? Now, I was helping, like, shout out to uh, In Full Motion with uh, the Fish Girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They gave me a job when I uh, got out, uh, and I was working at the Juvenile as well, but I worked at Haynes School with kids. Okay. That was one of the best times I had when I first got out. The kids was a, tri was a trip. But besides them, I spoke at Hume Falls, bro. And what's sad is I spoke at Hume Fogg and they love me, man. The kids love me. Hill, Hillsborough I spoke there because of Coach Fitzgerald. But, like, just school-wise, the Pearls, the Strappers, mm -hmm. the Maplewoods, the White Creeks, when they got baby fridges there, bro. Right. People that's making wrong decisions, they can get yeah. in trouble. They ain't told me to come in and speak to these kids. 
or none of that. So that's the disconnect also. Like, right. Dr. everybody Battle, know. Every, Dr. Battle, we need to get fridge in there. Man, most definitely. I got a lot of respect for Dr. Battle. If she mm -hmm. don't know, she got a lot going on. Right. But if she listen to this, I can help you always. Right. It's is, is really, like you mentioned, it shows how disconnected Metro is not to have persons like yourself talking to the kids because you exactly who they need to hear from. Right. You exactly who they need to hear from. And they need to pay you for it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because who else going to talk to them? Who else going to listen to them? Who, you know, who else? If it's, not, if it's not somebody they can relate and, to. And it's a chain of command for those levels to it. So Dr. Battle, for example, she right. has a whole thing on her agenda. Right. But I, there's people that went to school with me working in metro school. There's people right. went to school with you. Right. What is it to, to, to put a word in like, right. hey, man, this guy might need to be the, the right. guy that come up here and talk to these kids right. and get a program going or something because they'll right. listen to them. Right. We don't even have people doing that, but they get on social media complaining about what the kid is doing all day. Right. right. But you got the tools around you. To get it done, but it's just like, do you really want to get it done, or you want to get lights or right. chairs and yeah. things like that? That's yeah. all. But shout out to Doctor Battle, man. She's doing a great job. Oh uh, yeah, she yeah. is. And uh, we got we gonna have Doctor Battle. We talking to your people. We're gonna get you on season <laughs> yeah. three. Yeah. Gonna get you on season. Get fridge and get hey, get fridge a, a full time like <laughs> job up there like with kids and some type of youth. Right. The man like the marriage like like those people need to be tapped in if they really want to tap into the community. They got to be tapped into persons like yourself. Yeah. They didn't walk that life and go right. into them projects and ain't like yeah. your him being like all these other folks right. is you know what I'm saying we know that like you know what I'm saying like hey like hey check their jacket you right. know it is what it is but they but but you can use it for positive you can use your past to change the future right and I see that's what you're doing man uh, with your Pick Foundation right. you know. Um, Positive inner city kids, right? And so, man, talk talk to us a little about that, a little man, about that, man. Man, real quick, man. Positive inner city kids was a program that I started when I was incarcerated in 2015. So I had this vision saying that I want to equip all the kids in the community with the tools to be successful, mm -hmm. and learn from my mistakes. And regardless of their address, it don't got nothing to do with the success they have. So I got it certified through the state in 2015, 2018. I came out running. I got blessed in 2000. Was was it 19? Or, I want to say 20. From uh, my big guy Ramon Foster, he used to play with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He gave me a ten thousand dollar grant to get it started, and wow. ever since then, man, we've been doing major things in the community. We mentor, we do scholarships, we do uh, uh, we're working on field trips as we speak. We are uh, involved with the juvenile justice system, working hand in hand with them. Um, so you know, it, it's major things going on in the community with us, and we open to north, east, west. South, maybe we can use this one program to bridge the gap between the right. North, South, East, West, Chris right. Blood, GD, whatever you is, bro. Right. We accept you, man. We just want you to do good and let any kid know, man, you got a home away from home, but we're going to work inside the home. You right. feel me? Man, what, uh, man what, what's like the biggest impact that you want to have, man? Once you, once you, once it's all said and done, you know, well, you 60, 70, you know, you, got, you can't move like you move now, you can't run, but you know, like, when you sit back and you seeing your kids' kids and you looking at them, man, what what do you, what do you want your legacy to, to 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 be, man? Man, I want my legacy to be that man. He was the individual that came out and told people and showed people that it's okay to do the right thing mm -hmm. and be a stand-up guy. You don't gotta do bullshit to be respected. Right. Right now, I'm sitting here, probably one of the most respected guys in the city, and I never robbed anybody, right. never killed anybody, right. none of that. I was a football player that made a bad decision. Right. So to let people know, like, to look out for everybody, man. Let everybody need to be a family that 
when you let your kid go outside, you know it's another kid our age responsible enough to look out for. Right. Because one day, bro, we ain't going to be able to go outside. We ain't going to be able to sit here. We're going to be in the house, probably right. getting a little older on the porch. Right. We got to know that we sit the right, we planted the right seeds, man. Because right. right now, some older cats looking at me like, man, I'm glad Fridge out there doing it. Right. So, you know, I mean, just just to have that accountability for everybody right. and these kids learning trades, just living their life, man, and, right. I mean, living it to the to the fullest because me personally, I feel like it's a trap I already set for them. Right. So, you know, one thing that's going to be the same 20 years from now is going to be, guess what, somebody's going to be going to court today. Right. Somebody's going to be in juvenile, somebody's going to right. be in prison. Well, how can we break the cycle? You feel right. what I'm saying? That's what I'm on. You got a book coming out soon. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we got to end on this. Yeah. First, man, what, what's the title of your book, and when's the expected release date, and what can we expect from the man, book? Man, look, expected release date will be soon, man, very soon, within the next couple months. Okay. Uh, both sides of the story is the name of it, and they go all the way from my childhood, prison experiences, basically telling you how a guy can be one of the top football players in the state of Tennessee, make a bad choice, and end up in the Tennessee Department of Corrections. So I went from a college student to being on death row with people that was going to get killed or being in the same facility as people is getting killed. Right. So I just want to give people that that story behind the story. You feel what I'm saying? That's right. why I say both sides of the story. People don't heard things, but I'm going to give you the real and expect the real. You feel what I'm saying? It's going right. to hurt a lot of people's feelings. Right. It's going gonna, it's gonna, to uh, expose a lot of people. Right. But, you know, the main thing is to get that message out there that, like, anything is possible, bro. Right. That's what my Team Free is moving about. All right. You dropping name, real names? You dropping aliases? I mean, my thing, my thing is I drop a couple of aliases, but most of it's real, man. You right. feel what I'm saying? Right. It's real life. You know what I mean? So it ain't just bashing nobody. Like, when I talk about my confidential informer, that's public record. Yeah, yeah, you can't so, sue yeah. me for that. Right. If right. I talk about one of my friends that wasn't there, everybody know his nickname. Right. You know what I mean? If you right. got a problem with something you did, you should have changed what you did. Right. So it's definitely names that's in there. You feel what I'm saying? But you know, nobody want to be held accountable no more, man. No, nah, nah, Accountability nah, nah, is nah. a mug. But my, my thing is, man, you know, accountability is a must, man. So, you right. know, you, you can get in your feelings, but don't let your feelings sing you out. Right. Because what I'm saying is true. So, but I mean, that, that happens, though. Yeah, yeah, it does happen. That's what it be. Yeah. Like, I, he right, but I'm mad. Yeah, I'm mad. He ain't got to say it like that. But, you know, it's definitely the truth, man. Right. It's, it's really a comeback story, man. America loves a comeback story. So I feel like even outside of Nashville, Tennessee, man, the world, the nation is going to love this story because it's a fridge inside their neighborhood. That's a fact. Right. Man, hey, I appreciate you, man. man Hold on, before, before we wrap it up, any, how, to, how can people – how can people donate to Pick? How can people right. get in contact with you? Drop your emails, right. uh, IGs, on. Twitter, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Because we, because I need to give me a Twitter on. Man, I ain't even got man. one. Hey, I, 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 Twitter's a mug. But the reason I bring it up because a lot of programs like yours, very impactful, but they can have more impact if you can build capacity. Right. You need funds. You need right. you need the resources. And so, man, I want I want to give you an opportunity, and I want to give the the watchers and the, uh, the listeners an opportunity. To put more resources into pick and right. what you're doing in your movement, man. Well, like he said, my organization is Positive Inner City Kids, man. I work hands on every day with it. Um, uh, we we um, right now for his donations, you can get directly with me, bro. You feel okay. what I'm saying? I'm five hundred one c three. I'm tax exempt. Uh, all our our books is straight. I mean, I can show them. How they how they reach you? 
They can reach me at um uh at one team fridge on Instagram mm-hmm. and Calvin Fridge Brian on Facebook. Okay. Right now my website being constructed, uh okay. upgraded. So right now you can be reach me at one team fridge, at one team fridge on Instagram and Calvin Fridge Brian on Facebook. Cool. And also I always like to mention this, like, you know, you can always donate in other ways than money. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? Whether it's, you know, website, promotion, yeah. doing videos, right. coming out and taking pictures. You know what I'm saying? Whatever whatever your talents could be, you can donate those talents to to pick for fridge and to help, you know what I'm saying, your cause and your movement, your your impact, man, that you're having yeah. on the city, man. Appreciate and again, it. man, I, I, I want to give you your flowers right now, man, while I have you and just tell you, man, you're, you're a big influence on the city. And people watching, man. People right. probably don't like what you got to say all the time because right. you hold people accountable and you right. say what it is. But right. it is what it is. And right. I appreciate you, man. And I always like to say, man, anybody that, that no matter the past, you know what I'm saying, is welcome on Deep Dish Conversations. And it's right. unfortunate that, you know, a lot of people, a lot of platforms, you know, uh, won't have a fridge on them for right. whatever right. reason. Right. You know what I'm saying? They won't have a fridge on them. But if you a fridge out there, yeah. <laughs> so in between, you come yeah. on deep dish and we can get it on. You'll get a free pizza and we're gonna talk our shit. Yeah. Uh, but I appreciate your time, fam. Man, and, uh, too, man, man, we're gonna stay connected. We're gonna we're gonna do some stuff. We're gonna talk about some other stuff off record right. or whatnot. But man, I appreciate your time, dog. Anytime. And uh appreciate Brandy. Shout out to Brandy for connecting us. She, she do both our health. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Brandy. <laughs> we're gonna talk gonna, about you at this. Yeah, we're gonna, gonna weigh you out. But uh, appreciate your time, dog. And I appreciate y'all for listening and watching it to another episode of Deep Dish Conversations, man. Fridge, it was a pleasure, dog. Most definitely, man. All right. Salute. That's a wrap.